Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. The Sensemaker Hi, I'm Nimmo, and this is Sensemaker from tortoisemedia.com. One story every day to make sense of the world. Today, a story about war, terrorism, big money, and cement. When Syria descended into a bloody and brutal civil war 10 years ago, a lot of multinational companies pulled out of the country. It was just too difficult and too dangerous to stay. But one company decided it would keep doing business there. In early 2012, the Syrian conflict intensified in the country's north and many French factories decided to close. But not Lafarge, which wanted to keep its cement factory up and running. Why did that one factory stay open when there was all this chaos around and so many others had actually packed up and closed? There's so much more to this story than meets the eye, not just about business and money, but about intelligence gathering and spying as well. In the end, Lafarge's factory in northern Syria stayed open until 2014. Militants from the Islamic State group had been getting closer and closer, and eventually they seized that part of the country. And keeping the business going through all that came at a terrible price. Since 2017, French judges have been investigating whether Lafarge paid armed groups, including ISIL, $50 million in protection money to keep the plant running between 2012 and 2014 at the height of Syria's civil war. The accusation against Lafarge and its executives is that to keep operating, they had to pay terrorists, violate trade embargoes and endanger the lives of their staff. Just last week, things got even worse. France's top court decided that the company can face another serious charge too. Complicity in crimes against humanity. Lafarge denies everything, although they have admitted to giving money to militants. And so the question that I'm left with is... Did they do all this for good reasons or for bad ones? We asked the company to stop the work, but they didn't stop. The company bears responsibility for all those who were arrested, killed or kidnapped. Mustafa Shakhnouh used to work at the Lafarge factory. He says the company should have acted sooner to keep its employees safe. Foreign staff at the plant were evacuated in 2012, but for two more years, Syrian employees kept on making cement. All the while, fighting got closer and closer and closer. The factory was in the middle of territory, being fought over by different militia groups, by the Free Syrian Army and by the group that became the most notorious and successful in Syria, the Islamic State. The plant was only 55 miles away from the city of Raqqa, which, you might remember, was this IS stronghold in northern Syria. It's where they set up their headquarters and it was an absolutely terrifying place to live, with brutal punishment and public beheadings to keep people in line. 
there really was no way to keep doing business in that part of Syria without making deals with these militia groups and terrorist organizations. And that's what investigators say Lafarge's Syrian operation did. They're accused of negotiating with IS to buy oil and other goods and of paying millions of dollars to armed groups. Investigators say the payments were considered a tax in exchange for which militants allowed free movement of the company's staff and goods inside the war zone. Reports say Lafarge was paying as much as $20,000 a month to keep IS away from the factory and so that the militants would let workers safely through their checkpoints. But for employees like Mustafa Sheikh it hardly felt safe. Travelling to work through militant territory was often a terrifying ordeal. One of the NGOs bringing the case against Lafarge says some factory workers were kidnapped by armed groups and some were murdered. So why did Lafarge take such a massive gamble with people's lives? One argument is that all of this was just about cold, hard cash. Lafarge had sunk a lot of investment into the Syrian factory. The, the Lafarge cement uh, factory was the largest single foreign investment project in Syria ever. It cost Lafarge more than $680 million at the time, actually, to build one of the largest and most modern cement factory, not only in Syria, but in the entire Middle East. It was a huge operation and they didn't want to abandon it. Lafarge executives justified it another way. They said they were providing services Syria really needed, work for local people and cement for building projects. But there might have been another reason that they stayed for so long. Intelligence. Lafarge is a really powerful company in France and it's got close ties to the government. There's evidence to suggest French authorities knew Lafarge was making payments to IS. Journalists who've investigated the company speculated early on that there could have been a good reason for the French to turn a blind eye to what Lafarge was doing in Syria. Uh, then you wonder why did they prefer ignoring the case? Uh, maybe it was useful for them to have a French company. Well, most uh, foreign companies pulled out of Syria. A French company like Lafarge stayed, and it was maybe a way for them to collect information. This I don't have evidence to show. But these are questions that are, I think, interesting to raise. And last week, the Guardian newspaper revealed that those theories might be true. A former spy told them the factory was used as a base for gathering information. The Islamic State had a policy of kidnapping Westerners and holding them to ransom. And if no ransom money was paid, the victims were beheaded and the videos of their murders were uploaded on social media. So Western governments were desperate for information about as many as 30 people who'd been captured by IS, including British photographer John Cantley and American journalist James Foley. Delivery men brought supplies to the plan and intelligence too. They revealed that the hostages were being held at an oil factory near Raqqa. Tragically, a rescue mission arrived too late to find them. They'd already been moved. James Foley was later executed by IS fighters. We still don't know for sure what happened to John Cantley. Nothing is straightforward in a war as messy as the one in Syria. We know that Lafarge helped fund a group that committed war crimes and countless acts of unbelievable violence. And we know that it put its own workers in huge danger. But as this case unfolds, we're learning that there may have been more to it all than just opportunism and greed. Thanks for listening to The Sensemaker. To hear more podcasts from Tortoise, why not subscribe to The Playmaker? 
one story every day to make sense of the world of football. Available now on all podcasting platforms. Today's Sense Maker was written and produced by Ella Hill. The Sense Maker.